Before we begin, I would like to invite our listeners to a series of workshops starting in January and going through April designed to enhance your healing practice, learn effective self-healing techniques, and teach you how to do Akashic dowsing for yourself. We're calling it the Winter Workshop Extravaganza, and the only thing we're missing is you. Each workshop will be conducted via Zoom, and all participants will receive specially designed workshop materials, live instruction, and plenty of time for individual practice and feedback. Please visit vitalbioenergetics.com and click on the Workshops tab for our list of available workshops. Each workshop has its own dedicated webpage and a two-minute video introduction telling you all about it. I can't wait to see you there. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. And today's special guest is Marin Phoenix. Marin is an intuitive healer and transformation coach. She loves to help women find and embrace their soul's deepest desires, fall in love with life's unfolding mysteries, and embody the magic in their hearts. Whether helping her clients give birth to their dream lives or to their babies, Marin carries an embodied understanding of the cycles by which we live our lives and transform our reality. So Marin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bill. So tell me a little bit about your practice. What is the uh, the transformational coach thing? But right before the show, we were also talking about maybe transformational coach isn't the right word anymore. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about what got you into this business and what it is you do? Oh my goodness. What got me into this business? <laughs> A series of experiences that I could not stand anymore, like migraines. I used to get chronic migraines every single week. I would get sometimes four or five a week. It was ruling my life. Um, I have always, always been curious about... Um, the spiritual world, about uh, self-healing, about how to create a life that you are in love with, that feels like you're in line with your calling. Um, I was definitely one of those weird kids who <laughs> we had, I went to private schools. One of the schools that I went to had a playground where every day at recess, the kids didn't go play on like equipment, playground equipment. Everybody went out to the play yard to run their businesses. Whether that was a bakery or a bricklaying business, everyone either had their own business or they worked for somebody who had a business. How so old were these kids? <laughs> like eight. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. This is in like fourth or fifth grade 
right? For me. And I went out when I started going to the school, I started at the bakery and I worked and I was like, nah, this isn't really for me. I want to have my own business. So I found a spot, found some real estate on the playground and I started my own business and it was a spirituality shop. And I had people come and we had conversations. We talked about things we played. I mean, I was like seven and eight. So we played the, um, what is it? Light as a, light as a feather, stiff as a board. I mean, like we just went into it. Like we went into the spiritual realm and I thought, I love this. Like, (laughs) this is what I want to do with my life. Now, as I got older, I stepped into a very, um, very like lockstep life that my, I'll just say it, my mother, uh, prescribed for me. I went to business school. I did all these things. I got an economics degree and, um, and a, almost a bio degree. <laughs> and I went to work at JP Morgan and I worked in the corporate world and, and it, I was good at it, but it was never fulfilling. So part of why I got into this work is that I have just always had this really strong inner calling that I was meant to do something, that I'm here to do something. And it's not acceptable to me not to be in it. It just never, like, I didn't feel comfortable in my life. And so I was constantly pursuing, how do I get there? How do I find it? What is it? So then through that process, when I finally found it and I found coaching and I found we were talking about transformational coaching. So the term I'm using now is manifestation and embodiment coach. Cause that's really what it is. It's about, it's about embodying the life that you want to have before you even have it. And then manifest and then manifesting it, calling it in as you embody it from within and making those shifts, making those changes. It's like, Oh my God, it brings so much more than the dreams that you express and then what you think you're going to get. And as I stepped into that, I just knew that it was my calling to help other people do the same. I've uh, had the privilege of interviewing uh, people who are certified law of attraction coaches, and they will say that you are always manifesting. You just are manifesting sometimes the things that you don't want rather than manifesting what you do want. In fact, on my time temple charts, there's a a quadrant on there or a, a, a area within the invisible light spectrum and the ultraviolet where you are manifesting. And it shows you what are you actually manifesting in this now moment. And often it's what you don't want as opposed to what you do want. Now, sometimes it does come up positive. It says that this is what you're manifesting, but it's usually not what you think you're manifesting. So getting that hyper-focus onto that which you truly want can be very, very challenging. So how do you go about doing that with your clients? Yes, absolutely. That's That's exactly it. You're always manifesting and you're manifesting from literally at a cellular level. So the way that I help my clients shift from manifesting the things that they're not enjoying, put it that way, to creating the reality that they do want is we go down to that cellular level. So most of us have had 
we've all had traumas as children stored within our bodies. It's like our bodies tell the story of who we are. And as we go through life, our bodies are our best friends. They're so kind, right? Our bodies are constantly bringing up those traumas for us to re-experience because we want to purge them at a deep cellular and subconscious level. We don't want to remain in trauma. And so it's kind of like, if you think about stuffing emotion down, where we're like little volcanoes where that emotion is going to come back up because it doesn't, our bodies are like, ew, get this out. They, we don't want to store that stuff. So what we do as we're walking through our lives, this manifesting is literally our body, like our subconscious vomiting up the stuff that's not serving us. And so as those things come up, we start to have these experiences that we don't enjoy. At that point, we have a choice. We can heal it. We can see it, acknowledge it, fully feel it and heal it at that deep subconscious cellular level, now we've made space. We've integrated the experience and we have a void. What do we wanna do with that? Now we have space within us in our subconscious at a cellular level. What are we gonna do? That's where we start, we get clear on what it is that you're wanting to move toward this dream life, right? The reality you're wanting to create and we now take steps now that we've made rum to actually get to that place. And that's the embodiment work. Earlier in the interview, you were, you were saying that when before you found this work, you were suffering from chronic migraines. So what was your body manifesting to you if through the chronic headaches that you were manifesting what you did not want? What was the, what was that for you that was that? kind of pushed you over that edge. Yeah. So migraines, headaches of any kind, um, the body, every part of your body, every symptom, every experience that you have physical ailment has a meaning it's linked to something. And there's so many different modalities that have maps to describe that specifically with headaches, with migraines, there is some anger. It's, it's, it's all about anger, right? And anger it's about sadness, right? Like anger is a mask for sadness. And so what I realized is that I had a lot of anger toward many different situations, right? Like I was working, working in the corporate world. I was working, I was a woman in an all male office in the financial industry. And there were many things that I didn't that, that upset me that I didn't speak out about and, but I felt angry. Right. And so I was, I was keeping all that back, holding all that in and it manifested as migraines. Um, and it's not just that, right? Like I could, I've had so many experiences. I went to visit my dad, um, after a long time, I, we didn't speak for a year. And then I went to visit him and before I went I caught the most horrible migraine that also turned into sciatica all the way down my, like to my feet. Right. And I was almost like paralyzed with pain because there was so much coming up for me that I needed to process that I could choose to process because it's always a choice. We can, we can take painkillers. We can 
do exercises to shift it, to make it go away, it's just going to come back. So we always have that choice to, okay, it's coming up for me. It sucks. I may not really want to deal with this right now, but it's here. And making that choice, I was able to clear that pain, clear up the sciatica. And now when I get migraines, because I still get them, I still have that, that pathway, right. That I've like created in my body. They're just way less frequent. Like I get them from time to time rather than four to five times a week. And when I do, I sit with it. Like I'm able to sit and be like, okay, what, what's going on? Is it like, I'm able to hone in based on where it is, whether it has to do with a masculine or feminine person or aspect in my life and really zero in on who is this about? Okay. And it's not about the other person. It's about my feelings about them and really diving into and healing that the migraine just goes away instantly. It's, it's kind of creepy. It just like will dissipate. Well, yeah. And that's actually true with all healing, what energetic or otherwise we like to blame. We like to blame (laughs) others for our pain. We like to blame others for our circumstances. I don't have enough money because I don't have enough clients or I don't have this because of, or I have, uh, I, I don't, can't get ahead of my world because my parents traumatized me and whatever. And that's all the blaming on the outside to deal with a situation that is happening on the inside. Because the reality of the situation is you create your own reality. And I think if more people understood that, that you are the creator of your own reality, that whatever happens to you It's because that is what you are manifesting, not necessarily that someone else is doing something to you. You are attracting those things. Even, you know, someone who gets robbed on the subway. Why did I get robbed on the subway? What in me attracted that energy towards me? I know people who can go on the subway every single day and no one ever bothers them. And I know other people who go on the subway and they can't get 10 steps in the place without being harassed by 100 people. And so what's the difference? The difference is what energy are you attracting to you through whatever trauma you are processing or trying to repress? And and speaking again of pain. Pain is often that unresolved stuff that you are dealing with that is crying for your attention that you are not actually dealing with. And what is the Western medical pharmacological approach? Throw a pill at it, make the pain go away and pretend that you're okay. And if we just throw enough drugs at it, you will pretend that you're okay to the point where you get cancer and die. And so it's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. How about, wouldn't it be better if we just figured out what the problem is and then heal? And I think there's like, in terms of that, calling this, calling these things into your reality, that's where the embodiment comes in as well. Because when you have this experience, this trauma, this belief inside of you, it's more than, I like to explain it this way because I think it's helpful for people. You have, you're putting out this energy, right? This vibe, right? This message on the wind, but you're also changing your body language and your behavior based on that belief. And that body language is also sending signals to people. So in terms of like the subway, if you're somebody who 
has this fear, right, is afraid of somebody harassing you, then you might have a more furtive look to you. You might hunch over, you might kind of like be looking around. You you make a you almost present yourself in a very different, you do present yourself in a very different way than somebody who's confident. And so that person out there who's looking to, you know, be the aggressor, right, is looking for victims, is looking for somebody who um, has that more fearful look to them. And so if, if that person, if that aggressor sees someone who's super confident, they're like, oh, I'm not going to mess with them. That's, that's, I don't want that energy. I don't want to like deal with someone who's going to start shouting at me and be like, get out of my face. No, they're going to go to the person who has the body language of like, Ooh, meek scared because they're not going to put up as much of a fight. So it is, it's absolutely like an energetic level and it's a literal embodiment, that body signal that we're sharing with each other at all times. When we were talking the other day, you uh, mentioned that your you and your husband recently got a bus. <laughs> I'm so curious about this bus plan here. So you you got you bought yourself a bus and you toured the country with your uh, transformational uh, manifestation coaching thing. Tell me the story about that. That is so cool because I've been playing with that idea myself because uh, you, like me, we, we both live in Vermont and we know that Vermont can be a bit of a dead zone when it comes to <laughs> clients seeking you out because it's it's not nothing bad about, against uh, Vermont. I love I love living here because the mountains are beautiful, the wilderness are beautiful, beautiful and whatever. And we do get a lot of tourists, but we don't get a lot of people who would actively seek out services like ours. So um, you said you were going to kind of take this on the road and seek out the clients where they were. So uh, how did that, tell me the story. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we call her spirit bus. And I, at first, like everybody, whenever I say we bought a bus, everyone imagines a bright yellow school bus and like this super hippie life. So the bus is actually a... (laughs) It's an old UMass transit bus that this incredible boat builder on the coast of Maine bought, completely gutted, completely redid, and then custom built into this, like, it's, it's a, like a nautical vessel on wheels. The entire inside is built like a ship, the inside of it. It's gorgeous. Um, And so we, we bought this bus with the idea that it's covid I love to travel. My husband loves to travel. We get stir crazy so easily. We were stuck in our home, right? Like can't go out and see people, can't go to events and functions. And I wanted to go to California to go on an adventure. I wanted to go see my dad who lived and my brother who lived out there. I, my dad hadn't even met my son who was over a year old at that point. And so I said to my husband, do you think that we could go to California, but drive instead of fly? And he said, absolutely. But we're going to do it as like, we're going to do it with intention, with a mission, as an investment. Like we're not just going to willy nilly just 
go in a car. So we searched and we found when we saw this bus, it was, she was meant for us. I'm um, literally the day that we went to see her, there was like, you know, that God light that like comes through the clouds was like shining down exactly where the bus was from like, from where we were. And we were like, Oh my God, what a sign. And we went out uh, intending to have it be a two month trip. And we stayed out for six months. And honestly, if it weren't for Christmas and kids, we probably wouldn't have come home even then. We we just absolutely loved it. I mean, talk about getting a high vibe. Like in that bus, our vibe was so high. There was movement. There was energy. We were going to different places where we could talk to new people. We were visiting clients. Uh, my husband there's always like a calling whenever we, we make a movement, there's always like some calling in this case, we had my dad introducing my son to my dad. And the other one was that one of my husband's former clients was getting married and he had called up my husband and asked if he would officiate the ceremony. So this was in October in um, Los Gatos, California. And we were like, okay, we left in July. We're like, we're aiming to be in California that weekend. That was our mission. Right. And so that was like, it just turned this whole experience into like, how do we, how do we use this, this time on the bus to dig deeper into our own journeys, to evolve, to grow our own abilities and practice our own, our own like gravitas in what we do. And then also to really invite that flow of energy in, which as you said, in Vermont, it can get stagnant, especially in the winter. And so we needed to, we needed fresh energy. We needed to move. So we, we, that trip was really inviting that fresh flow of energy in for ourselves as on our own journeys and on also to, to build our business as well. And it was incredibly beautiful and successful and magical. Do you still have the bus? We do. We do. It is in um, storage right now. Um, as the school year started, we had a whole adventure this summer, which involved <laughs> being stuck in the desert, uh, some like very, what felt like biblical themes. <laughs> and that's all part of the journey. That's what we've been inviting in is like very archetypal, deep spiritual journey. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your birthing coach business side business. So we've already talked about the manifestation thing. So let's talk a little bit about the, the birthing coach thing that you do. Yes. So with the birth coaching, I use a lot of uh, similar techniques that I use in my practice, but with birth coaching, we're focused on a very specific rite of passage. And I think that what's happened for in our we'll call it like the birthing industry, right? Nowadays is that we have forgotten what birth actually is. When you are giving birth as a woman, you are literally a gateway between worlds, right? Like you are like physically and energetically, you are literally a gateway between this place of not quite yet living and being a human, being alive in the world. And to stand as that gateway 
is so much more than just going, enduring pain, screaming, shoving this, you know, human being out and then getting over it, right? It, the experience of birthing can be very spiritual. It can be very transformative. When a woman is pregnant, she is at her highest ability to transform, to shift, to change within herself than she is at any other time in her life. And so it's just this like incredible opportunity to embrace that process at whatever level she wants to, right? That could literally be, I just don't want it to hurt as bad, right? Like, I just don't want to be in so much pain. Awesome. That's where we'll go. Um, that was where I was after I had my first child. It was a very typical traumatic experience, lots of screaming, lots of pain. It was, I didn't, I, it was natural and um, without pain meds, but I screamed for them like the whole time. It was, it was my husband. He was the only reason that I was able to get through without them. But because of that, I didn't even want to have a second child. I was so afraid of the pain. So that prompted me to go on a deep journey to seek out coaches to help me with that process and to read every single book right? known to man about gentle birthing, the whole like, um, I mean, there's so many out there. And then to meld and bring all of those together into my own my own practice, which I had already started my coaching practice with archetypal work and rite of passage work and to weave that all together so that when I had my second baby, it was, it was incredible. I mean, like there's just like no other way to describe it. It was fast. It was three and a half hours. It was virtually pain-free. I had like a couple sticky points and honestly, it was mostly birthing the placenta afterwards. <laughs> like I was like, oh man, this part hurts. But the whole birthing process was comfortable and I was able to process really deep traumas that were generational, right? Like there was at one point where I literally felt my grandmother's miscarriages. She had like I don't even know, like 16 to 20 miscarriages. And I literally, I felt this was a moment of, oh, wait, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. What's going on? Why am I having, right? Why am I having some pain while I'm birthing? Like, that's not a normal question, but it is when you've done this kind of prep work, had that question. I was like, this is not physical pain. I'm feeling an emotion that I'm feeling physically in my body that I'm identifying as pain. But when I focused in, I was like, wow, this is immense sadness moving through my body. And when I tapped into like, what, what is this sadness? I just got this very clear message. Like this is my grandmother's miscarriages, all the sadness, this like deep weight that was carried from generation to generation moving through me and being fully released because I'm being so present to this process. So it was, I mean, it was, it was the most incredible experience, exactly what I wanted. So I help women either just move through because they're scared. They don't know what it's like to feel so confident, prepared and have a more comfortable and smooth birth, healthy, safe birth, all the way up to like a deep transformative journey, an archetypal rite of passage. 
would you say that you are the kind of taking on the role of the birth doula or is this something or is that something different? Yeah. So this is a question that I get often and because birth coach isn't a thing, right? There's, there are doulas, there are midwives, um, but birth coach is a very new concept. Um, and what I do is very different than what most people have heard of. So a doula and I'm not a doula. So that's, um, I'm speaking on behalf of a profession that I'm not a part of. So we'll just put that caveat in. My understanding of doula is a doula will come in, meet with you before your pregnancy, get to know you, start to build a relationship, one or two sessions, depending on her package, then she will be present with you throughout the birth. And her role is to advocate for you, to um, help you, help suggest uh, positions, to help bring, create a very calming environment and direction to your birth so that she's like helping you to achieve the birth that you want in the moment. And then she might meet with you afterwards to adjust and to come into your new relationship with your baby and your body as a mother. So what I do is I work with clients before they give birth significantly. So I would do 10 sessions. I would do 12 sessions, right? With a client, depending on what they're desiring to achieve before they give birth. So basically the whole third trimester, we're meeting weekly, we're coaching and we're doing exercises. We're getting very clear on exactly what you want to experience in your birth and what you're afraid of. Because it goes back to what we were talking about before. We're going to manifest from that cellular subconscious level. So that pain, that the experiences of trauma, the like all of those experiences are coming from this deep subconscious cellular level. So we bring all of that up and we look at it. What are you afraid of? You're afraid of blood. Okay, cool. Why? Where does that come from? Getting deep, deep down to the root of that fear, right? And then releasing it. So we release the fear. We use many different techniques to do that. And then we realign to what you're actually trying to create, what you want to happen in your birth. So that by the time a woman gets to birthing time, she is a, she's a queen. Like she walks into that birthing room, just like, yep, I got this. And because of that, especially with a lot of hospital births, right? When she's putting out that vibe, just like what we talked about in the subway, she's going to get less interference. So she's going to have a safer, healthier birth because she's in charge. She's in control. She's listening to her body. She's learned to have a relationship and tapped in with her body. So as she's birthing, she's going to do the things to make her birth easier, whether that is moving her hips or legs in a certain position, or she's feeling like I'm going to breathe in a certain way, or I need to like twist or jump, whatever it is that she's got to do. She's going to hear it and she's going to listen and follow that rather than somebody external. I so wish we knew you when my wife was pregnant with our son, because we actually did some Lamaze coaching when it sounds a little bit like what you were doing was Lamaze coaching, but Lamaze didn't go as 
far enough, I think. I think <laughs> Lamaze coaching is all about getting the exercising right and making sure you got the strength of the muscles. And, and there is a spiritual aspect to Lamaze coaching as well. But this seems like it takes that and takes it to the whole new level. Yeah. And we had uh, a midwife and we had where we were planning on doing a home birth and we had a, a I put in a swimming pool into our living room and we had the whole thing. And then the labor comes and it was a 27 hour labor that ended in an emergency C-section because there was just so many complications that came up during the birthing process. So all our plans got blown to hell. Mm -hmm. And in fact, during the, during the last couple hours before they wheeled Nina into the, um, into the OR, she had a near death experience where she had actually left her body and was heading out the door and it wasn't for the fact that she saw me sitting there above her body, me sitting there, and she was asking herself, oh, I don't know what Bill would do without me in this process. That brought her back to her body, to the incredible pain that she was experiencing. And she went into the experience feeling very disempowered. And I think that was a very much part of why she had the experience that she had, because she had all of these people saying, oh, you're too old, because she was 37 at the time. She's like, oh, no, you're too old. Oh, you're having all these issues. You're having you're having morning sickness throughout the whole thing. And oh, my gosh. And I think that if we had someone like you in our process that would have been such a much, much better experience than what we actually had. I mean, we have, we love it. We have the, the greatest son in the whole wide world. He's 14 now and could not ask for a better child. But at the end of that experience, we both agreed one and done because there was no way we were going to risk her dying Oh, just to have a second child. So, I mean, in some ways we feel like we messed out because we didn't have a second child, but at the same time, that was such an incredibly traumatic experience. We never wanted to do that again. And um, now granted we're in our fifties now, we're not having any more kids, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating experience what you're explaining here. So, wow. Yeah. I've, I've heard experiences like that before with that same sentiment. Uh, literally my brother, uh, my brother's wife went through a similar experience where it was like everything that could go wrong did. And they're like, that's it. If we would love to have another kid, but we're going to figure out another way to do it because we're not going to risk her dying. And that's, I mean, I created postpartum processing for that exact reason. Not so that somebody could be like, okay, cool. I've gotten over it. Now I'm going to go have another kid, but because that trauma carries forward throughout the woman's life, it doesn't just go away because birth is over. She's, she's carrying it with her into motherhood. She's carrying it with her in her doubts and her fears. And 
there's, um, gosh, I found there's like this trauma tree that I found once that like showed all the ways that birth trauma can show up. The biggest thing is that I believe that no matter what the experience is, it's the experience that you were meant to have, which is kind of tough because if it is an experience that was very traumatic, that was very painful, either for the mother or for the baby or both, there's something in it. There's something in every experience that we have that's for our evolution. And it's not just us, right? The baby is calling in the experience as well. That little soul is coming in, designing an experience for themselves that's going to set them up for this incredible path. And so there are stories that I've heard from people, right, who have had a very traumatic birth themselves, like when they were born, that has set them up on like their hero's journey, right? For their life. And so with a lot of women, I always say like, no matter what happens, even if you do the deep work and then it doesn't go the way that you want to surrender to it, there's something there it's meant to be. And then you can go into that processing afterwards. Like, okay, cool. Like the same thing we were talking about earlier, something happened how, what, how is this meant to be for me going into that deep place and releasing it? And okay, cool. How can I, how do I want to move forward? So it's all like with all this work, I don't believe that there are any like bad experiences, right? Like good and bad. It's like, there's no bad experiences. It's, it's, it's life. It's, it's what you're here for, right. To go through and experience life and then do what you will with it. Why don't you let everybody know how people can find you for your services and how they can reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So we're just talking about the birthing stuff. So for the birthing practice, it's gobeyondbirthing.com. That's the website. Um, same email, gobeyondbirthing at gmail.com. Um, and then for the work that I do with manifestation and embodiment. I generally work with entrepreneurs, um, whether you're just starting, you're still maybe in the corporate world or in your business and you're trying to find your passion, your calling, or you've already started your business and have reached some, some stuck point. And with that, um, I haven't quite gotten up my website for that yet, um, but I can be reached via email at embody with a ypreneur at gmail.com. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram handle is embodypreneur, lowercase e. That's that specific, lowercase e, embodypreneur. Awesome. So thank you so much for sharing with what you do and your experiences. And thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.